0: Thank you, Luanda. That brings the time now to three minutes past five o'clock. It's a Wednesday, the 6th of October 2021. Africa. And a very warm welcome to First Take SA, the very first take of news and current affairs here at home and around the world, as we update you on what's happening in business, sports and traffic as well. Good morning, South Africa. I'm Elvis Presland, coming up this morning... In today's 2021 Local Government Election Manifesto Forum, we will have a long discussion with the Good Party, which was formed in December 2018. It is led by the founder, Patricia DeLille, the current Minister of Public Works and Infrastructure, as well as the former mayor of Cape Town. Auntie Pat, as she's popularly known, will join us to give more insight into Good's Manifesto that was launched just over three weeks ago, which the party says is unapologetically pro-poor and plans to tackle housing and transport challenges. We also invite you to participate in the election forum through your comments and your questions, and you can share your views with us on the new studio telephone number 011-714-8999. 011-714-8999. WhatsApp voice notes on 0826928. Three nine oh nine. send us an sms on 41391 or post your comments on twitter use that hashtag hashtag first take essay or like us on the facebook page first take essay on safm and you can let me know what's on your mind those are the contact numbers keep them coming so what's the question for you We've been focusing on political parties the entire week as well as last week. The Good Party, Patricia has pleaded with registered voters for the upcoming local government elections to lend her party their votes in order to better fight corruption, deliver good services, and unseat the ruling ANC. I'm asking you, what is your assessment of the Good Party as a political party of choice in the upcoming local government elections? Let me know. Oh eight nine one oh eight oh eight two rather six nine two three nine oh nine. First take essay on SAFM Monday to Friday five to six AM. The Good Party, the leader Patricia De Lille, has pleaded with registered voters for the upcoming local government elections to lend her party their votes in order to better fight corruption, deliver good services, and unseat the ruling ANC. The Good Party launched its election manifesto three weeks ago, ahead of the November 1st elections, promising poor or pro-poor plans that are aimed at tackling transport and housing challenges, amongst others. The party's election manifesto was largely based on four principles, spatial justice, economic, social, and environmental justice party leader Patricia DeLille says that voters should not just complain about the lack of service delivery but rather use their votes to express their dissatisfaction.
1: The only way to get rid of the corrupt politicians is to vote them out. They've been voted in so they need to be voted out. So when people complain about corruption and you continue to vote in same corrupt politicians you mustn't complain afterwards there's an opportunity now to vote out the corrupt officials and politicians because it is the corrupt politicians that appoint the corrupt officials we from good are saying to the voters please lend us your vote so that we can vote them out Because people must never give their vote away to any political party. Your vote is your power. You can use your vote to bring about change. And it's good we say to South Africans, just lend us your vote for five years. And if we don't do as we have promised to do, you vote us out in the next year. Democracy should work. We should not be saying that I normally vote this party, I normally vote that party, irrespective of whether they deliver to you or
0: not. And that was the good party leader, Patricia DeLille, speaking during the party's election manifesto last month. Now, for more on this and what the good party is promising to you, the electorate, we joined on the line by DeLille herself. Welcome, and thank you for joining us this morning for today's local government election forum, Mrs. Lil.
2: Good morning, good morning. I don't know how you can make it every day so early. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we are trying, ma'am. <laughs>
2: I can understand why you go Jumbo Africa to wake all of us up.
0: <laughs> there you go, <laughs> Mr. Lal, let's before we get into the nitty gritty of uh, yes. the party's election manifesto. What has been your overall impression on how the electioneering period has gone thus far, especially under COVID nineteen uh, conditions and the pandemic?
2: Well, um, you know, we have gone through a difficult uh, crisis. You know. Democratic, the most difficult in our democratic history. And um, we have lost many of our loved ones to COVID-19. And it has also changed uh, the way we live and the way we work. Um, and it's also revealed the stark injustices of inequality, unemployment and unfairness and assessing basic services. So what does that mean? Um, it really means that there are a lot of problems in our country, but it also means that there's a lot to be fixed, and so there's a lot to be done for by by everyone. So so COVID nineteen uh, has you know brought about the new normal. Uh, we have to change the way we do business, and this is exactly what we are proposing as the Good Party. That, you know, we need to disrupt the old system. And out of that, we need to get, you know, a system that can uh, bring us closer to the people. That is why in our manifesto, we also put emphasis on voter education. I really think that the time has arrived for all political parties, together with the IEC, to do more voter education. You know, it's not good enough just to teach people how to vote, where to make your cross, and if you make your cross there, it's a spoiled ballot. You also need to teach people why it is important to vote. Because if people understand why it's important to vote, they will also understand that if they are unhappy with the current lot of councillors, that those councillors have been voted in, and the only way to get them out is to vote them out. So we do voter education as we go along. Uh, many people are angry. They don't want to vote. Um, they just feel that their vote is not going to change anything. But, you know, we must continue to to give hope uh, to, to our people.
0: Uh-huh. Now, you've asked the electorate to lend them your vote. Do you have any yes. specific strategies that you've adopted to reach as many potential voters as possible?
2: Yes, we have. Um, uh, what we have done is that we are going to participate only in 45 municipalities, uh, six metropolitans, uh, about uh, just over 1,000 wards. Uh, as a growing party, uh, we are cutting our cloth according to our size. Uh, you know, elections is very expensive today, so, you know, you should know upfront what the cost is and then plan accordingly to, to, to
0: what you can afford. Mm -hmm. So it sounds like a strategic uh, approach. But let's now get to your election manifesto. Your political life goes back many years, and it's very well documented. Is your identification of spatial justice influenced largely by your political activism as Patricia DeLille, but also not forgetting your experience within the government led by the DA in the Western Cape? Yes, David. You
2: know, I, I have been around the block many times. Uh, but I've never lost my principles. Mm. Um, I really uh, love my country, and I've always wanted to serve my country in any capacity. And uh, uh, the the Good Party is founded on the principles in our constitution. And we say to voters that we will work uh, for spatial justice, social justice, economic and environmental justice. Now, if I can start with the spatial justice, I think it's indictment on us across our country that we have not been able to deal with the appropriate spatial plan. Um, now, good is committed to redressing the appropriate spatial planning and uh, to make sure that we bring our people closer to work opportunities. You know what is continued to happen after 1994. It's an urban sprawl that even took people further away from work opportunities. Poor people spend about 40% of their budget just on um, on, on transport to get to and from work. And, there are, uh, and the responsibility is with all three spheres of government. Local government has got their asset registers, all municipalities own land and buildings. Uh, provincial government the same. They all own land and buildings. And the national government also owns some land and buildings. And, and so does the state-owned entities. So, you know, if we look at them, if we are serious about addressing the public spatial planning, we should be putting our heads together at all three spheres of government and say, and look at our exit registers and say, a plan... And following our spatial development framework, we can plan and say, uh, for, for for this financial year, we're tackling this city and this town. But um, you you find today there's just just a blame game. Local government will blame national government for saying they don't have land. In the meantime, local government sell their land to developers. Mm. Uh, and, and provincial government sits with massive, massive asset, uh, assets on, on, on their books. So really, for us, spatial justice is, is, is important. You know, we also have a lot of informal settlements in our country, uh, especially in the big cities because of urbanization, because people want to move closer to opportunity. Mm. And uh, uh, we will have to look at how do you formalize those informal settlements and, and for us, you know, the plan is that you use state-owned land, service that land, provide water, electricity, and sanitation on that land, uh, uh, design the area so that it's livable and accessible for services to come in. Mm-hmm. And then you, you, you then give service plots to people. Many people want to build their own homes. They, they, they don't necessarily just want an RDP house. And um, not only do you give them services, at the same time you give them title deeds to um, that piece of land.
0: To own the property, yes. To,
2: to own the property, and then government can help. You know, through cooperatives that we can establish in terms of building materials, government can then uh, design plans you know, uh-huh. building plans are front that's approved and people can select from plans what they want to do. And right. it's that kind of partnership uh, that is missing. Uh, you know, the rental stock that people live in, in rental stock all over the country um, for many, many years, you know, they they pay those those rental stock over and over and over,
3: mm-hmm.
2: and therefore, let's give them the title these. You know, and, and that way, you 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 build you build proud proud communities
0: and empowered communities as well. But let's listen. Exactly. Let's listen to you during the election manifesto when you spoke on justice policy as well as crime, social justice rather.
1: Now, when we talk about social justice, it's a good policy, but it's also very broad. But just like everything else. It is about beginning with community safety and having safer communities. We know our communities are living under siege. Now what we see, what is wrong uh, with the the current way we deal uh, with, with crime. Police are called after the crimes are committed. We say that as local government, We must take more responsibility and and create conditions to address the root causes of crime and the antisocial behaviour. So what we will do to reduce crime, because we need to stop crime before it happens, and therefore, therefore that means that we have to fight poverty, we have to fight unemployment, We have to fight the anger. We have to fight drugs and gangsterism. We have to fight to make our neighbourhoods safe.
0: A very critical point, crime and gangsterism, that remains a huge challenge for many communities across South Africa, and especially in Cape Town, where you led within the council. So what Um, remains the challenge then in eradicating such violent crimes in these areas? And what can the good party do differently if elected into power?
2: You see, you, you can't fight violence with violence. Um, and we don't uh, believe that the approach of Skopsky and Dorno has worked over the years because, you know, arresting a lot of young people. Our jails are overflowing with people. And they come out there even to be worse. So we would, like, everybody's calling for thousands of police uh, to be deployed in our areas we want to deploy thousands of social workers and let us deal with the root causes you know many families are broken today you the the the, the kids grow up in an environment that is not good for them and they grow up to become that uh, that criminal because we can for ourselves that if, 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 if we are crying out for more police, for more metro police, and, and it's all about just arresting you know, a lot of young people now have got a criminal record because they, they, they've been to jail um, and for, 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 for drug addiction, addiction let us see drug addiction is also a health issue like, like alcohol addiction is, is a health issue and so we need to expand the rehabilitation services and, and, and giving, uh, giving young people treatment rather than send them uh, uh, to, to prison. So, yes, our communities and also the involvement of communities themselves, and they are involved, and we, and, and we don't give, give recognition to, to neighborhood watchers. When I was in the mayor, mayor of the city of Cape Town, we, we empowered the neighborhood watchers by uh-huh. giving them the necessary tools that they need to patrol the areas. So it's a combination of, you know, dealing with the social issues while at the same time also shifting part of the responsibility to the communities themselves uh, to look after themselves as, as a street, as a, as a, as a ward, uh, it is possible because it yes. is being done in some part of, 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 of our, mm-hmm. our country. But our approach is not just uh, beat them up, uh, catch them. And then, you know, you have a press conference and you say, oh, we've arrested so many people this this week. You are not really uh, uh, promoting a safe space by as politicians bragging about how many people you've arrested. Yes. You, you will. You must get to the heart and the cause of that. And uh-huh. that is what we as Good Promise that we want to do, is to bring in more social workers into our communities. Yes. And the social workers will also help with gender-based violence. Uh-huh. And femicide. that is another scourge and a crisis in, in uh-huh. our country.
0: We're also asking our listeners, what uh, what is your assessment of the good party as a political party of choice in the upcoming local government elections? Let's hear it from Lawrence in Kebeja. Very good morning to you, Lawrence. Jumbo, Africa.
4: Uh, uh, good morning, Albert, um, and good morning to our leader there. Albert, it is clear on the ground that good uh, is the only like, alternative that we have, you know. Our people are really sick and tired of the and of the DAs. Yesterday, some of our volunteers told us that, um, that the community took down some of the posters of the DA because well, the community said that they are sick and tired of these liars now. We don't agree with uh, people taking down posters
3: mm.
4: of other parties, but it also shows us that our people are completely fed up, you know? And uh, with good coming in, it gives people that like assurance that you're the party that really cares for the people. Yes. Uh, Albert I can tell you when it comes to uh, like you know good is the only party that comes with a plan. On the 2nd of November, yes. when you walk into, into city hall, you know exactly what you're going to do. Wonderful. One of the biggest problems in the other Mandela base, there is no uh, like, consequent management. You know, oh. officers do what they want to or they don't do what they want to, but nothing happens to
0: them. All right. Mm-hmm. Lawrence, thank you so much all the way from Quebec. <laughs>
5: First Take Essay, 5 to 6 a.m.
0: I would like to find out from you this morning, what's your take, your assessment of the Good Party as a political party of choice in the upcoming local government elections? Uh, we are in conversation with the leader of the Good Party, Patricia De Lille. Let me take a look at what you're telling me on Facebook. Matthias Mongani balunga says, Good morning, Elvis. The Good Party started well, and it was clear for anyone that Patricia De Lille is an experienced politician. But her mistake was to accept the ministerial position that took her focus away from her political party. I do hope that she will put more focus on the party because it can be one of the big political parties, but the good party needs her attention. Robert Masiwa says, "Uh, Good morning, Sir Elvis. Jumbo, Africa. Can the good party leader explain to us what is her plan with land uh, redistribution to the masses of South Africa? How will she help police secure the borders of the country? We'll come to some of those questions in a short while, and then you're also sending me some voice notes. Morning, Elvis. Jumbo,
3: Africa. The good party is good for nothing. When I look at the leader, Patricia Dillard, it seems like they are hoping I would regard the good party as a political prostitute. When it suits them and they can get a mayorship, they join the DA. On the other hand, When it suits them
0: and they want to get a position in the ANC government, then they change the name to Good Party. Well, they're actually good for nothing. Well, it seems like we've lost that one halfway through the line there, but you can keep them coming and let me know what's on your mind. This one on the SMS unsigned says, "Auntie Pat, why are you so quiet about the arms deal saga when it is so serious? Why? Ask that one. Uh, We're in conversation with the leader of the Good Party this morning. Uh, Some of your comments with regards to some of the voice notes that you've heard, uh, Mr. Lowe? Yes, maybe just to start with one on the
2: arms deal. You know, I'm, I'm the first witness. And I'm waiting patiently until I'll be called to come and give evidence. Uh, there's been a number of delays uh, with the trial. Um, I was there when the trial resumed in Peter Maritzburg, um a few months ago. But, you know, we have to respect the, the law and the law mm. must take its course. I want to say to the other caller who woke up very angry this morning that, you know, everybody is entitled to your opinion. An opinion is like backsides. We all have them. But what is wrong is when you want to use your personal opinion to judge other people. So I will not respond further mm-hmm. uh, to that. I can assure everybody that I have got a very, very strong team, a national team, and we're all working together. We have been growing this party. We were hardly three months old when we contested the 2019 elections. We got more than 70,000 votes. Uh, and after that, we have tested our systems for local government. We've participated in, in by-elections. We've been able to win one ward, And so, you know, progress is on the way. Yes. And people must also understand about democracy. Democracy is a contestation of ideas. And people can make choices. So if you're not happy with one party, you can choose whoever you want to vote for. That's mm-hmm. your democratic, constitutional yes. uh, uh, right today in in
5: in in our yes. country.
0: Let's uh, also go to our callers now. Cyril, you're calling us from Cockstadt. A very good morning to you.
5: Good morning. Good morning, Alvers, and good morning to Antipat Day.
0: Yes.
5: Uh, I'm Cyril Gagnon. I'm a great girl falling under the koi umbrella word and you pet... You couldn't ask for a better position than what the, uh, the president, Sarah Poza gave you, to be the minister of public works. That's the minister of the custodian of land. Now, uh, Auntie I've got great respect for you. but the majority of colors didn't vote for you for to run the Western Cape, and now they want to complain about Antipat, uh, Pat. uh because being a custodian of the land, right now all the land will be expropriated that belongs to government and you are very very fit in this and very good in this that's why the president puts you now in fact the first the descendants of the first indigenous people they are marginalized in the constitution as uh, 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 in the constitution section 25 subsection seven or eight i think you know about that the 1913 cut of date That marginalizes just the first indigenous people. Now, what happens here now? The land that belongs to the government, you'll make it it available for housing and all that, but now the majority of the indigenous people are in Cape Town. How are they going to benefit? As I speak now, uh, I've lodged a land claim, a massive land claim. There's a one comma billion rent bridge or bypass here in Cox's. The land of the indigenous people are getting chewed up by distribution first from government instead of restitution first. Now, you in your uh, career, you haven't visited Iskriko and I know you know about Iskriko How can one contact you? Because electioneer can come and go, but you, the minister, how does one contact you to come down to Cox's and address this issue? Because we we'll talk about IDP, integration of the institutions. You uh-huh. uh, are public works, and we should talk about y- uh, 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 your, your powers and also uh, the Minister yeah. Taka
0: Tidiza. I you. would S- like to hear. Thank you so much. The land question is an obvious question that is uh, on everybody's mind. Uh, as the good party, how will you deal with it?
2: Well, the land issue is a very, very sensitive issue. But it's an issue that we must address and we must address it head on. And how do we do that? We are guided by our constitution. And the constitution says that we recognize the injustices of our past and that we need to move forward united in our diversity. We need to build this nation that we also so dream, uh, dream of. The expropriation bill is before Parliament. Parliament is now, uh, has done public participation, and uh, the, uh, I think before the end of the year, the bill will be introduced into Parliament. Now, there are a lot of naysayers and a lot of people who are misleading the country. Expropriation is nothing new. Uh, In fact, the Expropriation Bill before Parliament now is repealing the 1975 Expropriation Bill Act. You know, that Expropriation Act has been used since 1975 and even before that to forcibly remove people. As if the expropriation was not uh, uh, enough, there was another act called the Group Areas Act. And we all know how people of color were forcibly removed and dumped in in, in the middle of, of, of nowhere. So we have to deal with that injustice of the past, and we need to be guided by our Constitution. There's a second process that is going on uh, whereby Parliament is also looking at amended amending Section 25. And that's a separate and a different process. I'm sure that before the end of the year that Parliament will pronounce on both the amendment to the Constitution and also the expropriation bill. But currently, as it stands, uh, the president, uh, at least seven national ministers, uh, all the premiers in the country, all the nine premiers, all all the the mayors of of, of municipalities, they all have expropriation powers. What has been missing over the years is a law of general application so that you can then uh, exercise expropriation the same. Uh, So the, 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 the bill clearly defines under what circumstances you can expropriate for the public good, And then it also spells out uh, compensation or no compensation. So we are making progress on that ground. And as far as the, the land reform is concerned, there are three ways to deal with land reform. The one is to deal with land restitution. All the people that have been dispossessed of their land after nineteen thirteen, yes. and that's the point raised earlier on. Mm-hmm. But there's also uh, um, land um, land redistribution, yes. and so we need to start distributing state-owned land, and that is what we have been busy with, with mm-hmm. Minister Toka and an interministerial committee chaired by the Deputy President, uh, Deputy President uh, Mabusa. So a lot of work is has been done and a lot of land has been released. Just recently, I, I went with President Ramaphosa to to Limpopo where we handed over title deeds to, uh, to to black farmers. But I think as government, we need to improve on the communication, yes. uh, more of the work that we are doing. Yes. And to the caller from from uh, my my um, details is available on the website. But I will also ask the producer to, to, uh-huh. to give my details to you after Wonderful. after the show. Thank so, you. Thank you, thank you.
0: Let's continue this discussion, but le, first, let's take a break.
2: First Take Essay, 5 to 6 a.m.
0: If you've just joined us, it is 5.45, and we're in conversation with the Good Party's leader, Patricia Lille. You can also let me know what's on your mind on the Facebook page, Twitter handle, and you can call us in studio. Like uh, Damien has done from Cape Town. A very good morning to you, Damien. Good morning, Alvis and Antipat. How are you guys? Very well, thank you. Go ahead. Good morning.
2: As you, Antipat, as you have stated, that Good is aiming at redressing the apartheid spatial planning here in Cape Town. Housing, especially low-cost or affordable housing, is a major issue in Cape Town. Our people live in shacks that
5: burn down into ashes every winter. So what is a good party planning to do to provide affordable housing here in Cape Town?
0: Well, that's the question. We'll come back to that one in a short while. But first, let's talk about coalitions and let's listen to what you said at the manifesto launch.
1: The voters must speak. And if there's a need for coalitions... After the elections, we will evaluate the possibility of coalitions on a case by case basis and on merit and with proper regard for the wishes of the people that have voted us in. We have seen currently in our country there are many uh, coalitions taking place, especially at local government. You see, for instance, in um, Uh, In Bito municipality in in the Western Cape, currently you've got the DA and the ANC in a coalition there. Um, You see in Citrus, and many other places across the country where there are coalitions uh, between many, many parties in our country.
0: Post the November 1st elections, that could be a huge possibility for coalitions. Would the good party ever consider a coalition with the DA, despite your recent history with that party?
2: Let me say, um, like I said in the clip that you've just played, that um, we are participating in a limited number of areas based on uh, what we can afford. But we also said that we can see the trend that is developed in South Africa, and especially at local government level, that that a coalition is inevitable. And what we will do after the uh, elections, you know, if we are approached for coalitions, we will, of course, look at conditions, Um, you know, look at the value system of a party. And, and, you know... if 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 we don't want to go into coalition where we can also equally sit in in the opposition benches, so yes, we are open for coalitions after and discussions and negotiations after the elections, but we will not make a that commitment before the elections because we have to make sure that we first of all um and look at who is what, what in who, is who in the zoo mm-hmm. um and 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 it's and it's just something that you you can't avoid today mm-hmm. but Elvis, there's one important thing that I must mention before the hour is over you know wherever I go in the country now and the uh, people are angry about high water and high electricity uh, accounts. You know, I've, I've seen even this weekend at length, you know, it's impossible that a pensioner uh, uh, living with one grandchild could run up a bill of eight or 9,000 rand, and that is enormous. So what we as good as saying is that what we will do is that we will stop municipalities and metropolitans of making a profit out of selling water and electricity to our people. When municipalities buy electricity from ESCOM, they put a markup, they put a profit in there. And the same with water. And therefore water and electricity has become unaffordable even for rich people. And so, what we are committed to is that we will reduce that markup, or we will take that markup up completely, so that services can become um, again mm-hmm. affordable to our people all over the country. But this is very like robbery, yes. and the profit that the municipalities make on water and electricity, they're supposed to put back into infrastructure, but they don't. The infrastructure, and municipalities, water—you've got water leaks. uh, You know, you've got electricity outages and all of that. So the money gets stolen at that profit. Mm -hmm. So we say we must take our profit out of you know services to our people, and so the people can afford them. But they are the poorest of the poor in our country, and we say that we must give at least. To people, a uh, 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 six-kiloliter of free basic water to the indigent, and a hundred and fifty kilowatt um, free electricity to the poor people. Mm-hmm. Now, even though it's, it, it, it's free to the poor and to the indigent, somebody still has to pay for it. Yes, that's
0: right. Let's and let's first take a break. What I
3: say
2: is that no, no, there, mm-hmm. there, there, there is there is money. National government gives all municipalities and Metropolitans, they receive what is called an equitable share from national government. Yes. They're supposed to use that equitable share to pay for the services
0: that you are giving for free to, to, to poor people. And we'll come back to more services right after this. Elvis Preslin on SAFM. Damien asked the question earlier about affordable housing. Now, you did touch uh, touch on it a little bit earlier in the program. I don't know if you want to expand on affordable housing in Cape Town.
2: Yes, certainly. Um, uh, Not only in Cape Town, but I think affordable housing is one thing. You need affordable housing in well-located areas. We need to bring people closer to work opportunities. Like I said, people travel long, long, long distances. And if you go across the country, you will see there are lots of well-located lands that belong to national, provincial, and local governments. That well-located land must be released for affordable housing. And also the well-located land belonging to the state-owned entities because they're also sitting with a lot of, of, of unused land. Now, the affordability... You know, people like to talk about low-cost housing and low-cost goods. You know, is that what we think about our poor people? You should not be you should not be building any low-cost house, a cheap house, no quality for any person. You know, when a rich person or uh, uh, any one of us um, who, who got employment today, if if we buy a house, the value of that house goes up in value, and it becomes your effort. But when we build these RVP four by fours, uh, the value actually goes down. And we say that when you build well-located houses and affordable houses, we need to go up, we need to build density, you know, so that you're able to put people in a small space of land. If you go up, you can put hundreds of families on that spot. Yes. And that is what I've started doing when I was the mayor of the city of Cape Town. I've released more than 14 pieces of well-located land right in the city center, five kilometers radius from business and the c- CBD of the city. But all of those things were canceled afterwards. Uh-huh. But we should be integrating all our
0: cities. Yes. Fana Ngobo on Facebook says environmental justice and awareness are the crucial principles that Africans need to attend to as a matter of urgency. Being one of the environment uh, is as crucial as being one uh, with self. The good party yes. deserves the voters' consideration. Now, that is some of the comments that we feel, but there's also one here that asks the question, if I recall, this is one from Shorty Signolo, if I recall, Madame De Lille was a whistleblower in the arms deal saga. What measures will she put in place to eradicate corruption and protect whistleblowers? That's a big question.
2: Well, first of all, others, all government departments must put, must put systems in place to, uh, to, um, to prevent corruption and to detect corruption. You know, in South Africa, we got this bad habit that we spend lots of money on commissions after the event to find out what went wrong. We should be investing more money into systems that can detect and prevent. Uh, a, a corruption. And that is what we will do. We also have to open up the tender processes for the public. The public must be able to come and sit there and watch the officials when they do the evaluation of the bid, the adjudication of the bid. We will open up all of those tenders so that people can come in and, 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 and observe what is going on. Uh-huh. But just briefly on environmental justice climate change is real and it's impacting on our economy, on food security, and the environment. But critical for me with climate change is water security. So I think that the, the, is one of our greatest risks facing us now uh-huh. it's water. So we need to continue to provide water sustainably. You know, you can only save water when you have water. Once you don't have water, then it's, it's, it's too late. So good. Will, what we will do, we will repair and replace aging infrastructure that causes leaks and, and the loss of millions of yes. liters of water on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. Even if you look at our catchment areas, you know, we need to clean up those catchment areas with all the invasive alien trees, uh, because those uh, trees also suck up water. And you can create a lot of jobs, yes. you know, by, by, by just cleaning cleaning out our, uh-huh. our, our, our dams.
0: Wonderful. Have you identified municipalities, Ms. Delil, which you hope to possibly get a majority vote? And what are your overall projections into how the Good Party will perform in the upcoming elections?
2: Well, you know, our overall projection and what we are aiming to achieve, because we are substantially different, uh, you've not heard me this morning blaming anyone, because that is the frustration with the contestation of ideas taking place now, today. You heard more about what is wrong. We have come with a plan how to fix South Africa. And there is a lot to be done for everyone so that we can fix our, 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 our country. And so we are working around getting, say, a 25%, a 30% uh, in, in, in some of them with the municipalities. Uh, that is the realistic target that we have set for ourselves. And as I was saying that we are a young party, we're certainly not inexperienced. We've got a lot of experience in local government, Mm. but we will uh, continue to build as as the years go on. And we also have, we are doing a lot with young people. Uh, Young people are not only the the future of our country, they're also the present. And I'm trying to encourage young people to come in and take over the leadership and begin to prepare because I always say to them, you must come in now because you must make sure that we protect your heritage that you're going to get from, from, from our country. That's why the one bad heritage that we have to deal with As our heritage of spatial planning, our public spatial planning, Mm -hmm. part of our heritage, and that heritage we need to deal with as a
3: matter of urgency.
0: I thank you so much for your time. That was the Good Party leader, Patricia DeLille.